Welcome to Season 2 of Fracktown Gumshoe, Holy Fits, based on the novels by Deborah Gaskill. Chapter 11 I held my finger to my lips and pointed to the pizza guy coming up the walk behind her. I handed him the 20. Thanks, I said loudly, so Gracie could hear and gestured for Fiona to follow me in. I closed the door and stopped her in the foyer, gesturing with my free hand for her to keep silent. I returned to the couch and pulled the laptop back on my lap. Fiona stood quietly, clasping the flask in front of her, a smirk on her face. Nothing's going on, baby. It was just the pizza guy, girl, I said. What offers are you making to the pizza delivery person, she demanded. I heard her say she was going to take you up on an offer. I gave you one chance already, and you're not getting another one, you hear me? I tried not to look at Fiona, who was probably still smirking. I don't know what the hell you're talking about, Gracie, honestly. I swear to God, Niccolo, I leave the country and the first thing I hear is some pizza bimbo saying she's going to take you up on some offer. You son of a bitch, if you're screwing around on me. Baby, I wouldn't do that, I promise. I turned the laptop around to show her the empty room as Fiona tiptoed out of camera range towards the kitchen. See, there's nobody here. Okay, I'm sorry. Gracie calmed down. Well, it's late, and you want to eat your pizza. I hope that's the first pizza you've had since I've been gone. You're eating healthy, right? I thought about the Hungarian meat platter I devoured the day she left, and this morning's donuts before we went to St. Matilda's. Sure, I'm eating healthy. Well, I love you. I'll check in again real soon, okay? Okay, baby. I love you too. The screen went black as the connection ended. I pushed the computer's off button and sighed heavily. Fiona guffawed and pointed at me as I walked into the kitchen. Never in my entire life did I ever think that I'd see a woman holding Nick Fitzhugh by the balls. Hey, that's not fair. She's my wife. I pulled a couple of shot glasses and paper plates out of the kitchen cabinets and sat them down in front of her. What do you have in there anyway? Bourbon. I haven't changed that much, Fitz. She poured us each a shot. We lifted our glasses in silent salute and tossed the burning liquid back. I wiped the back of my hand across my mouth and sighed. Damn, that was good. Fiona grimaced as she swallowed. Yeah, it is. She was silent for a moment. My cell phone shimmied across You sure as hell threw away the chance to make me your wife once upon a time. I couldn't handle a wife who was a crack shot. I have to have some sort of advantage. I helped myself to a slice of pepperoni and mushroom pizza. Is that the real reason why you ran in the opposite direction all those years ago? That was a bad joke. I'm sorry. It ended because I was an asshole. We both know that. I was an asshole and you deserve better. You know, I still have a copy of that story the Times did on us when we got engaged. It was another one of the articles I kept in the manila envelope in my desk drawer. Fiona laughed. I forgot about that. What's the headline again? Do you remember it? Hero cops to tie the knot or some such shit, I said. If you hadn't saved my life, the announcement would have made it past the society pages. She shrugged. So what happened to that reporter that you were doing when we broke up? Bobby? I hung my head. Ma and Dad both loved Fiona, as did my brothers and sisters. She fit so easily into our lives, to the point of becoming part of the family's Sunday pasta dinners. She shared an apartment with my sister Kate to save money, although she spent a lot of nights at my place. We started looking at houses in the new Tivoli neighborhood. Three bedrooms, one bath, fenced yard. Her parents wisely weren't sure about me. But we had an October 1st date set, and wedding plans were underway. Her dress was ordered, and fittingly, Puccini's was going to make our wedding cake. 
Six months into the engagement, I got scared. Fiona was ready to move on from the FPD. She was looking to move to a bigger department, but she understood my need to stay in New Tivoli. Or did she? Maybe it was me. Whatever it was. I met the Fawcettville Times crime reporter, a Harley-riding woman named Bobby, at one of the cop bars after my shift. We got drunk and I went home with her. Bobby hadn't been at the Times for very long and hadn't seen the hero cops tie the knot story. Or did she? Or if she did, she didn't care. I never told Bobby about it either, for whatever cowardly reason. Since our engagement was common knowledge, Fiona was working an opposite shift paired with another senior officer. She never knew that I didn't come home to my apartment that first night. So my affair with Bobby continued. I don't know who tipped her off, or maybe I was just too confident in my ability to deceive any woman who thought she loved me. Anyway, he was waiting for me at the apartment when Bobby and I, drunk as monkeys, staggered through the door, our hands in each other's clothing. Fiona screamed words at me I'll never forget. Everybody told me you'd screw around on me, and I wouldn't believe them. I should have missed Del Vecchio and shot you, you dirty son of a bitch. She threw the engagement ring at the two of us. You're engaged and never told me? Bobby was as enraged as Fiona. You dog! You bastard! She went on to call me a horny Rottweiler who'd hump anything from a shit zoo to a hole in a tree. I was also a pig whose lack of commitment spread deep down into my DNA. I couldn't manage anything more creative than to call her a fucking crazy workaholic badge bunny. I sighed as those memories receded and I returned to the present. The last I knew, she was at the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. I said slowly, Do all your women end up on the banks of the Monongahela then? I don't know why I behaved like that, Fiona. I was scared, I think. Stupid and scared. So how'd you meet Mark Rafferty? You know his name then. I know more than you think. How'd you meet him? A smile crept across the edges of her mouth the first one I'd seen in a long time. He was with the Cleveland PD. I was working the missing persons unit, and he worked burglary. We were dating when I decided to apply for the FBI. He followed me, and he made it in too. What was he like? Tall, red hair, freckles, like any Irishman, and a smile. Her words drifted off as she stared out the kitchen window. You really loved him, didn't you? Her eyes swung back at me. Yes, I did. He was willing to clean up the mess you left. Fiona, I'm sorry. That's why I wanted to have dinner with you. I wanted to say I'm sorry. She propped up her chin on her hand. Well, now you've said it. I pushed the pizza box towards her. I still owe you dinner. I hoped it'd be more than this, though. Don't worry about it, she said. I do have a couple other questions. I want to know the background on this case. Fiona sighed. Fair enough. What do you want to know? Fiona sighed and curled her hand protectively around the flask, but didn't pour a shot. When did you start tailing Kovach, and how did Mark die? How much do you know, Fitz? I know the basics. I know you're not divorced. You're widowed. I know Mark died in that shootout in Indianapolis. Fiona sighed. Kovach was caught by the priest trying to defraud congregants into starting another monastery. He did a little digging, found out all he could about Kovach, and then called us. We were at the church office when Kovach burst in and shot the priest. We cornered him in the sacristy, but he was a damn good marksman. Her voice dropped to a whisper. Kovach got Mark. It was a single shot to the chest, 
With a hollow point, you could imagine the damage it did. Kovach escaped by breaking the stained glass window and jumping out. We've been following him ever since. I'm surprised you're still on the case. She looked away. Are you still on the case? Would I be here if I wasn't? She shot back testily. I don't know, Fiona, would you? You haven't been in touch with the FPD or the county Mounties. They had no idea you're here. So what if they don't? The case doesn't concern the local law enforcement. Why? Because it's personal? It's not personal. I can separate my personal feelings from this case fits. I always could. I'm not so sure about that now. I know if anybody killed Gracie. I'm not you, Fitz. Never was. I was silent for a moment. Mary Margaret's mother, Bridget Cleary, met us at the office after I dropped you off. St. Giles, Kovach, whatever his name is, has filed for a conservatorship over Eileen O'Connor. Bridget wants her out immediately. She used the word extraction. Like a hostage rescue? Like breaking in there and snatching her out? I nodded. I know, it's crazy. Fiona didn't speak. I could see the wheels turning in her head. We could do it, she said finally. You're fucking insane. No, seriously, we could do it. We could get in there, grab Eileen, and be out before Kovach even knows what's going on. Fiona, that's nuts. He's got every one of those folks on a damn tight leash, and I'm sure after our visit today, he thinks somebody's going to be busting through the door at any minute. We'll have every one of those folks practicing with an AR-15 after morning mass. What makes you think we can do that and come out alive? Five years on the Cleveland HRT, that's what. You? Are we back to the discussion on whether or not girls are as qualified as men to serve on hostage rescue teams? Jesus Christ, do you still carry that goddamn chip on your shoulder about women cops? After all these years... When I continually run up against men like you who consistently question my abilities, yes, I do. You didn't think I could do the job the first night I met you. Fiona, that's not true. Yes, it is. From that first fight until the day I shot Del Vecchio, you didn't think I could do the job. I could see it in your face. I save your ass. I'm the sole reason you're walking this earth today. And this is how you thank me? I'm glad we didn't get married after all. No, not at all. I just, I mean, for Christ's sakes, Fiona, I haven't seen you in 20 years. How the hell am I supposed to know what you've done? I wanted to add, and what should I believe? Why do I have to justify anything to you? It's no damn wonder we split up. Hey, I take complete and total responsibility for our breakup. I've said that more than once. I don't think it's too much to ask. I know where you've been and what your professional experience may have been in the 20 years since I saw you last, especially when you want to push your way into my damn case. Jeff Kovach was my case long before it was ever yours. Jeff Kovach shot and killed your husband. Excuse me for thinking you might have a goddamn agenda here. My cell phone shimmied across the table, buzzing with an incoming call. I didn't recognize the number but I did see it was a Pittsburgh area code. Excuse me, I said, grabbing the phone and stepping into the kitchen. Hello, this is Nicola Fitzhugh. Mr. Fitzhugh, this is Special Agent in Charge Bill Reisner. I run the Pittsburgh FBI office. I'm returning your call. He sounded like the kind of guy who could make paint peel just by looking at it. Yes, sir. 
You call in regards to Fiona Rafferty. Yes, sir. I'm not really in a position to talk right now. Is she there with you? Yes, sir. My stomach dropped to my knees. What was he going to tell me? We've been looking for Agent Rafferty for a couple days. She disappeared. You're aware her husband was shot a couple years ago. I made an affirmative noise. I put her on desk duty in financial crimes right after the incident because I was concerned about her emotional state. I, I kept her there because she's got a real talent for detecting fraud. There was a phone call that came in from someone. We don't know who, and she suddenly had to leave. She filed for vacation days and left that afternoon. Huh? Probably after Mary Margaret called and left her the message about Benedict St. Giles. One of the other female agents dropped by her home after work just to check on her and she was gone. We have no idea where she went or why, but we are concerned about what she may or may not do. I think I could probably help with that. How about I give you a call back? A hand gently touched my shoulder and I jumped. It was Fiona. How much had she heard? Everything okay? She whispered. It's not Gracie, is it? I covered the phone's face so she couldn't see the number. Everything's fine. One of the local divorce attorneys wants me to take a case, I said. She nodded and returned to the kitchen table. I waited to speak until I saw her sit down at the table and turned to pet Mozart. I'm back, I said. Was that her? Reisner asked cautiously. Yes, like I said. I'll give you a call back here shortly, and you can fill me in. We can discuss the case in a little more detail. Gotcha, Reisner said. This is my cell. Call any time. Will do. I disconnected the phone. I took a deep breath and returned to the kitchen. The woman I once loved was now more than a stranger. She was very possibly a threat.